If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. We're getting into the dog days of summer, but I tell you what, the news is not slowing down. You may be going on your vacations, you may be doing other things that are... Uh, Involves staying inside as we're in the middle of this heat vortex, whatever you got going on. I'm glad you could spend some of your time today here on America's Healthcare Challenge so I, Sean McGuire, can help you understand some of the changes that are coming because I tell you what, folks, 2017, as we have indicated on this program, is going to be a massive year for healthcare in the country and in particular for you as it will affect your wallet. We're currently going through a certain program where uh, the Affordable Care Act has uh, been over two years, over halfway through its implementation. We're starting to see some major impacts on the industry, and we're starting to see all of the numbers and taxes and everything catch up, and that's why we have this show to uh, let you know about what's going on, what you need to be aware of. And I tell you what, the news this week that came out really caught my attention, and, and it takes a lot to catch my attention, it seems like, especially when you're spending all the time reading about this. I think I get immune to some of these things, but... Finally, after a year, we've been talking on this program of all the massive mergers and acquisitions happening in healthcare, in insurance, uh, in healthcare providers, and other things. And recently, this week, the Department of Justice decided that they'd had enough, and they are making a move in federal court through their antitrust division to block two major uh, deals in the health insurance industry. Healthreformexplained.com is the way is the uh, the show blog the uh, blog that I uh, spend most of my time writing on, and you're going to have to check out my column on there this week, breaking news about the department suing these insurers over these antitrust concerns. And we've been talking about this for over a year, and we're going to be playing an interview uh, here in a moment. Uh, we're going to be joined by Stuart Slonen, who is a contributor on this program. Uh, almost prophetically, a year ago, we, we talked literally in the summertime of last year about these changes no, everybody tried to sweep them under the rug. Everybody was busy keeping up with the Kardashians, but now it's starting to have a major effect on all of us. Since last summer, when the two announcements were made, federal officials had been determining how do we handle this situation because it's a $54 billion merger on the table between Anthem and Cigna, two of the large health insurance providers. Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield uh, might, be, uh, might ring a bell, might make you understand that a little bit better. And then the other one, $37 billion between Aetna and Humana. This, folks, is going to take the five largest insurance companies down to three. And one of the things that they really tried to push in the Affordable Care Act was giving Americans access to health insurance by creating additional competition through these marketplaces. And we're actually starting to see the opposite happen. Now, the insurance companies are arguing that these deals are good for the consumer because it gives them more juice, so to speak, when they're negotiating with healthcare providers who are also going through their own set of mergers and acquisitions. But they said that this is uh, one of the main reasons why they're doing financial reasons, as it always is. But another thing that uh, really doesn't get talked about enough is how the incentives in the law are really are not lined up correctly for these insurance companies because, remember, they are for-profit entities. Most of them are. Some of them are not, and they have to make money for their shareholders. That is their fiduciary liability. And 80% of their premiums that they take in, which is how they make most of their money, individuals paying in premiums. Insurance is actually pretty simple when you look at it. 80% uh, of those must go to claims and not uh, administration. This was a, a provision that put um, was put in place by the law. But what we found is that that limits the amount of money that they can actually make for profit. Uh, on their margins, as they call it. And some of are, are saying that they're making, oh, about 1% more 
margin on it after everything. That's how much they actually take away. And so what's to stop them from raising up premiums? Because, again, they're only making a percentage of the premiums. So the more that they raise premiums, the more that they're essentially going to make uh, for themselves at the end of the day. Finally, though, an interesting point. This all happens prior to open enrollment, this legal legal battle. Something that I actually think should probably happen uh, but it is uh, it is quite interesting in the timing, and we're going to have a lot going on in the fall with, with the uh, presidential election. Uh, obviously, going on, we had uh, one committee down. We've got one more to go. And everybody that I also talk to in the industry is saying that it's going to be a painful year as premiums are continuing to skyrocket, and everybody will continue to receive what they call rate shock or sticker shock. So stick with me here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, as we will be monitoring this, and we're going to be bringing you a series of, of programs here over the next fall into the open enrollment season. We've put it together. I'm really excited about it. Things like tools that you have to uh, to make the best benefit choices for you. How does this affect seniors? What should they be doing? What do you need to be aware of with regards to network versus in-network as opposed to out-of-network? All of those things are some of the things we will be discussing here on the program. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Stuart Sloanen here on the program. And we're going to take a look at, at, at this tidal wave of mergers and acquisitions in, in healthcare. Lots of policy wonks like to say, oh, well, it's a lot like the airlines. Remember when there used to be a lot more airlines? What did that mean? Well, common sense said it usually meant that there was more choice and, and lower price. Um, could the same be the case for our insurance this fall? We'll find out next here on America's Healthcare Challenge, which is online, by the way, at facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, where you'll find this segment and others. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Now that you've heard of Shaman McGuire and HealthReformExplained.com, maybe it's time for his team to assess your company's situation. We have innovative strategies to help navigate this new maze created by the Affordable Care Act. For more, go to HealthReformExplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. We're going to talk about the mergers and acquisitions here uh, in the industry on the program. Stuart Sloan going to be joining us. But then after that, next segment, on the news of uh, of the Department of Justice blocking blocking the uh, these two deals, uh, we're, one of them actually announced that they're going to pull out of the health insurance marketplace in several more states. So you're going to have to find out which one that is. But we're joined here by Stuart Sloan and Somebody with 43 years of experience here on the program, we wanted to get him in to talk about this tidal wave of mergers and acquisitions here in the industry. How's it going today, Stuart? Great. How are you, Sean? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Uh, looking forward to our conversation, and I wanted to uh, kind of begin with asking you, why are we seeing a tidal wave of these mergers and acquisitions in the news? Well, it's not only in the health insurance, but it's uh, it's mergers and acquisitions in general. Uh, mergers and acquisitions this year are on track to match the record that was set in 2007. Uh, this this really represents a, a, a wave of a decline in competition uh, as market power becomes concentrated on just a few players in you know various industries. Less intense competition explain some of the problems that we see in the economy. Although profits are at a near-time high, the cost of borrowing has seldom been lower. You know, money is cheap. Mm-hmm. And in a competitive world, firms ought to exploit, you know, that uh, the cheap cost of borrowing. Uh, but that's not happening. Right, right, right. Let, can you take us back to 2007? You mentioned that was kind of the last time there was this type of uh, consolidation. What was going on back then? 
Well, if you remember, 2007, 2008 was the start of of um, uh, the major problems in in the economy. Right. <clears throat> and and so uh, everybody held on to to money. Uh, there was very little investing. Uh, everybody was was kind of putting money available, you know, in, in their shoebox, um, and uh, instead of investing in in uh, uh, in other companies, uh, what they basically did was to go out to marketplace and and uh, heavy activity in mergers and acquisition. The main reason companies are reluctant to invest is that the economic uh, growth has been very sluggish, so companies may feel less compelled to invest. Because they feel less pressure from competitors, right? Right. Of course, the economy, the rate of new business formations, has been trending down for decades. You know, we see this continuing today. What do you think needs to happen for 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 um, you know companies to kind of start putting their things in play and and for for you know this those numbers to turn around? Well, again, uh, you know, just as the Fed is watching uh, marketplace activity, you know, the economy has got to uh, to increase in pace. Uh, which is the reason why the Fed is is delaying uh, its action in terms of increasing, uh, you know, interest rates uh, until at least September or maybe closer towards the end of the year. They're eventually going to have to go up, though, won't they? I mean, yes, they can't. Yes, they they can't keep doing this. They can't no, keep doing they this. Can't. But but really, the the interesting thing is that as incumbents get stronger, you know, it, it, through mergers and acquisitions. Uh, the the story since uh, 2007 is one of declining competition, but the other factor here over the last 20 years, the Federal Trade Commission has been less likely to attack mergers, you know, in industries with five or more big competitors, which is really what we're seeing uh, here right now. I saw a Wall Street Journal article. I'm sure you saw it too. About um, is the Department of Justice going to be scrutinizing some of these companies from an antitrust oh, they standpoint? Will. And probably, and probably, what will happen is uh, the areas where there's there's some commonality, uh, they'll look to squeeze that commonality in, in selected markets, uh, you know, out of these of these mergers and acquisitions deal. But they're still going to continue. We're talking with Stuart Sloan, president of SIG Consulting, here on America's Healthcare Challenge. We're talking this week about the merger activity in the insurance marketplace and its impact on consumers. And so uh, I don't know, you know, I think that's one of the things uh, that's affected the industry, uh, Stuart. But has Obamacare reduced competition, uh, in your opinion? Uh, uh, what do you think on that? Yeah, I definitely think that um, uh, that it's, it affected uh, competition here. As soon as the Supreme Court decision was rendered, uh, you know, this in June, you saw uh, the five biggest uh, insurance, health insurance companies go to market with sweeping merger activity. Yes. Uh, and Aetna announced uh, its, its billion-dollar deal for Humana. Anthem and Cigna are, are in merger talks. United Healthcare is, is scouring the marketplace. Uh, to see where it might, uh, you know, put its tentacles in. But what you're seeing is uh, you're seeing companies wanting to get into each other's business. Uh, for example, um, Humana is very strong uh, as far as Medicare Advantage plans. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you see Anthem and Cigna. Cigna is very strong in the employer marketplace, uh, Anthem is very is very strong in in both the employer marketplace and the individual marketplace. So these conversations, comp these uh, combinations, are are attempting to build scale and volume in selected marketplaces. For example, for Aetna, uh, its footprint in in Medicare Advantage, uh, you know, that would come from um, from Umana, uh, be huge. Aetna is a player in the in the employer uh, marketplace, so you see many of them trying to to do the same things. Uh, but you know the authors of Obamacare wrongly assumed that they could influence new kinds of plans. Uh, and one example of that was the first uh, invention was co-ops. Many of the twenty-three co-ops that they established were underpriced as they went to marketplace. Now almost every co-op is financially underwater. They're on the hook for federal loans, an amount that's more than 100% of the total value of their capital and surplus. 
So all but five co-ops uh, had negative cash flow at the end of last year. You know, the second uh, ACA uh, thing that they tried to do was to suggest that if consolidated hospital systems grew larger in mass, they'd be able to to market their own risk-based uh, health insurance uh, programs instead of the the for-profit insurance companies. Uh, you know, and that's that's really ha- hasn't turned out very well. Right, right. I just want I, I just wanted to add to your point uh, on Medicare Advantage and uh, Humana and that. And I don't know if you saw the interview. Uh, where the CEOs of both of those companies were sitting next to each other this week, uh, talking about that very point about how uh, they just really have massive scale now because yeah. because of that merger. And do yeah. you think this is a good thing for consumer at the end of the day? Well, uh, we, we don't know. In other words, if it comes uh, out, you know, with stronger products, you know, it could be. But you know, we don't know. For example, uh, hospitals. You know, in, in fetching their own uh, merger and acquisition uh, health insurance plan, provider-sponsored health plans, you know, are trying to become insurance companies. And, you know, so far they have failed badly. You know, most hospitals are not very good at risk management. I, I, I talked about that in my monologue, that very point. Uh, have we almost become come full circle in the industry? I think so. I think so. You know, I, I think... At some point, there's going to be a realization that uh, risk management uh, is something which is a skill. And what Obamacare attempts to do is to build mass, uh, and that's what they have to do to, uh, in order to effectuate pricing. And they think that consolidation uh, is a good way to accomplish that. But, you know, historically, the greatest innovations in healthcare del- uh, you know, delivery have not come from federally contrived, you know, laws. Uh, they've they've always come from entrepreneurial firms, often that were backed by venture capital. Right, right. And, and we've not seen that since Obamacare was passed. Uh, there have been 95 hospital merges in 2014, 98 in 2013, 95 in 2012. So cheap debt and Obamacare uh, regulations almost guarantee we're going to see more consolidation. And, and to your point, this means less choice for consumers. What's going to really stop them from ra- raising premiums? Absolutely nothing. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Appropriate name for the show when we think about it from that standpoint. Uh, we're talking with Stuart Sloan. And, uh, you want to take a? Can we take a time out and then come and take come back and look at uh, Medicare business, Stuart? Yep. All right. We sounds good. Will. All right. Okay. Check out Facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, which is the show's Facebook page uh, with all of our uh, segments. And we're also on SoundCloud.com with all of uh, the episodes from the last three years. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Are you a business owner seeing your bottom line squeezed by rising health care costs? I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consulting to provide health reform consulting so that your business does not get caught off with all the uncertainty in Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill when the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let me guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing government rules and regulations that will impact your organization regardless of size. I offer custom services including cost reduction strategies, training seminars for you and your employees, and strategic planning to help you prepare for the future. Regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, this issue is here to stay. Contact me today for a free consultation at www.healthreformexplained.com. That's www.healthreformexplained.com. At E.D. Ballas, we know healthcare. They say every business should have an elevator pitch. Here's ours. We are E.D. Bellis, a consulting company specializing in healthcare reform, helping businesses navigate the new law. 
For more, go to healthreformexplained.com. Mark Levin, weekdays 5 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 1290. Over 90 years of Omaha Radio. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Always love having Stuart Sloden on the program. Uh, Check out this show here later throughout the uh, third and fourth quarter here in uh, 2016 as it is an election year and we're going to be having some incredibly important information uh, for you as it relates to Medicare, uh, which will be when he joins us next time, we'll be talking about that. And then we're going to be talking about uh, choices, options that individuals have post ACA and so much more. And you're not going to want to miss it. And if uh, that interview or others tripped your trigger, check out our SoundCloud page. Uh, just search Edie Bellis or you can search um, anything related to, to health reform. And I'm pretty sure you're going to going to find something that that comes up, but I mentioned Medicare, and one of the companies that I'm going to talk about here, coming up here very shortly, has a lot of uh, business in Medicare, mostly in the Medicare Advantage space, and uh, this is something that uh, is is incredibly important. Uh, both individuals that are uh, have um, Medicare Advantage, and then also people that have traditional Medicare but have a supplemental plan, uh, need to be aware of uh, some of the changes that are coming. Uh, but I'm going to start uh, on the Medicare Advantage side. Number one, there has been some changes in, in the plans here in the Affordable Care Act, and uh, that has had an impact, and they um, essentially have cut some of the subsidies to insurance companies that are, are in charge of administering these plans. Uh, a Medicare Advantage plan is administered by a private insurance company and has uh, certain other benefits in addition to traditional Medicare plans. And then if you have a traditional Medicare plan, you're going to buy a supplemental plan, and those uh, comes. Uh, it's kind of like an alphabet. There's a, a through M, I believe, and uh, many people are on the F plan, and the F plan is um, one that does not have co-pays, and this has uh, recently been changed, uh, allowing not allowing more individuals to join this this uh, this pool, and so this could have an impact as becoming another one of those what are they called death spirals when you not do not put more individuals into a risk pool, um, and the people continue to be age and get older and sicker, uh, then that uh, creates problems for everybody and, and much higher premiums. And so uh, individuals on Medicare should be looking at all of their options every year. I don't think they realize that uh, the ACA has changed it, uh, at least at the very least, I- indirectly. And that's why I recommend Edie Bellis uh, to anybody that needs help, uh, whether it's uh, in your insurance uh, for, through the ACA exchanges, if you need some help uh, looking to make sure that you have the right Medicare supplemental plan, uh, edbellisinc.com and go to uh, the Contact Us page for someone to reach out to touch you and help you out uh, as you get through all of these these things. Because I tell you what, there are a lot of dollars on the table right now, and we want to make sure that uh, you're, you are on top of that. Humana is one of the largest Medicare Advantage providing uh, insurance companies. And one of the attractive things in the deal between Humana and Aetna, which is the other large company, this was a 50, I think it was a a multi-billion dollar uh, deal. And this is, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show in our top story, the Department of Justice moving to stop this deal because of antitrust concerns. That means it's going to be less competition for you. There's really nothing stopping them from from raising the prices and they really control massive amounts of the of the market share and so they decided to sue them and they hinted at it earlier in the week and then on thursday they finally pulled the trigger and this is going to be again massive news for us in the courts and i'm going to be bringing you lots of information and expertise on it as it as it plays out but the 50 the 37 billion dollar deal between etna humana the second one that was challenged 
they announced that they're leaving states, uh, 11 states, or they're leaving more states, only going to be serving 11 states or 156 counties in the ACA marketplace. Was this connected to the decision from the Department of Justice uh, planning to block them? Was this move to pull out of these ACA exchanges connected to that? They're saying, well, we've been planning this for, for a while. We've, we've had this. If you look back at our report, we've been hinting at this since May. But I must say that the timing is certainly interesting, to say the least. And it just uh, goes to, to show that we just have an unbelievable mess on our hands here as America, Americans, especially individuals with pre-existing conditions, which is what this law was essentially designed to create and created. To, to and designed to help these people. And I'm starting to see more and more people with pre-existing conditions almost uh, run out of options. And I have always said this term, and you can think about it and you think if it makes sense, but I'm saying, folks, we're on the way to having pre-existing condition by cost in that maybe you do have a pre-existing condition and now you do have options to, to purchase it, but you cannot afford the policies that, that are available, and this is for middle-class Americans in particular. When you look at the uninsured, actually, uh, there, there were a lot of people that actually make more than, than you would think. Most of the people that were uninsured in this country were, would fall under four general categories. Number one was somebody that was eligible for government coverage like Medicaid or Medicare and not enrolled. Still is a lot out there. They expanded Medicaid. Uh, some states decided not to go along with it. But that was supposed to be how they were going to cover those individuals. And then you have some individuals that, that make more than enough to qualify for Medicaid but can't afford insurance. And that's really where the ACA coverage provisions were designed to help people like that. And it does. It helps people like that because they get eight, eight out of ten individuals are probably going to get some sort of subsidy. But then there's those individuals that make a little bit more that can't qualify for subsidies but are subject to runaway premium increases. And uh, we're starting to see that clearly now. Uh, we're going to have multi-level multi, multi uh, increases here next year, over 30%, for example, in the individual marketplace, according to, to one insurer. And so those are the people that really, I think, didn't get too much help under the ACA, and those are some people that I think need, need to have some options out there because in order for this whole system to work, it needs to, to be able to benefit them. And a lot of these individuals, I would say, are millennials or people that are just getting started in their families. And uh, they're just making just a little bit more than what, what would qualify them for assistance under the law. And, it, and it's really not helping them. And there's no checks in place to stop it from rising. So those folks are, are going to be needing some help under any new health reform 2.0. And then finally, uh, the individuals, uh, the other set of, of people uh, that were uh, included in the uninsured are going to be people that are uh, undocumented citizens that would not be eligible for, for public programs, but there is an awful lot of individuals, millions of people that fall into that category. And so we're going to have to have, figure out what we need to, to do about those folks because they still do utilize the health care system and, and cost an awful lot. And that's that's a whole, whole other discussion for another program because I'm sure people would get fired up about all of that. But on this point, if you're not a fan of federal regulation, um, this this would probably back up why you're you would uh, you would not like that because when markets are not allowed to to operate like they're supposed to, and the ACA is really health insurance reform. It's not healthcare reform. It's health insurance reform. We've said that many times. Now there are some things happening in the healthcare thing, but they really really regulated a whole industry. Uh, the insurance industry. This is the first law that in American history that tells an industry how much money they can make. Just think about that for a second. I mean, I know that these are these evil insurance companies, uh, but they do employ an awful lot of people. Uh, the law creates these new standardized plans that maybe they didn't want to offer but now have to offer, and we're finding that some of these plans include benefits that individuals don't need, which still drives up, drives up the price. And what we've seen is a market that's so overregulated that it, these companies can't function um, like they would like to in, in this own industry. And this is, this is what's happening. They're just going to start pulling out 
And this is the exact opposite of what the law was supposed to do. Uh, it was supposed to introduce more competition through what are called state-based exchanges. And a lot of states decided, well, we don't want to set up our own exchange, so we'll have the federal government set up an exchange. So we had the healthcare.gov experiment. Uh, the rollout was uh, flawed, if you could say the least. Uh, the system kept dro dropping. It, it kind of eroded some public confidence, I, I would say, in this. And now we just don't have enough access for consumers, and they're going to really have to scramble for a new plan that is affordable this next year, despite the fact that uh, massive increases are coming. And we're starting to see uh, hints, I guess you could say, that individuals, businesses, and others are going to be in for some serious pain here in the next several years, especially in 2017. And so the vol volatility in the marketplace really requires some education. And, you know, sometimes uh, you just need somebody to talk to. And that's where Edie Bellis comes in because our team can help you understand how all of these things affects your situation, whether you're an individual, a business, uh, whatever it is, we're going to put together an action plan for you. So just go to edibellisdinc.com slash contact us and uh, get signed up for our first uh, first offering, which is a newsletter. You just uh, read our weekly newsletter, and uh, that will at least get you on top of it. And if you like a little bit more, uh, you can go ahead and give us a call as well at 402-884-9020. 402-884-9020 is the Edibellis number, the Edibellis hotline, if you will. Uh, and we're going to be back here on our program, America's Healthcare Challenge. We've talked so far about uh, the changes. We've got the uh, Department of Justice suing two large insurance companies. We've talked about that. And we've talked about uh, another one pulling out of the individual marketplace. What's next? Find out when we come back. Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Edie Bellis is a healthcare reform consulting company with valuable information that is up to date and easy to understand. We have solutions to manage compliance, minimize penalties and taxes, and all other options. Check out healthreformexplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, looks like we got some breaking news. Senator Tim Kaine accepting the, the VP nomination, so we now have a full, full ticket uh, I always liked uh, professional wrestling, Matt Barros, and uh, we've got quite the tag team matchup coming up. I, I The Rockers <laughs> were my favorite. Uh, do you remember them? The Rockers? Yeah. No, I don't remember oh, those okay. guys. They were a good tag I team. I remember the guys that had, like, the red – they were, like, red shoulder pads, and they had oh, spikes. Legion, Legion of Doom. Oh, those guys were the best, man. I remember those guys. Yeah, I, I wonder, what, I wonder if we're going to start seeing that. That would be funny if they came out wearing their shoulder pads. But um, pretty good matchup. And I always say I like the VP debate better for some reason, just because I think we've seen so much, um, you know, from the others. And so it'll be interesting to see how Tim Kaine and Pence match up. Well, we've, it looks like we've got a senator. Both have some time in Washington, it looks like, and both are governors. So. That's almost both been governors. I think both have been on subcommittees, so they both, you know, they both really know, you know, the ins and outs of Washington and how, you know, how it works. And, um, you know, but both coming from very different places uh, from terms of policy and terms of, you know, what direction, you know, they want the country to go. So it should be a <laughs> should be a very riveting uh, debate for, you know, both debates. But I agree. I think vice presidential debates um, kind of have a reputation of being, well, I guess more more recently, I guess you would say. I think there was some there's some there's some presidential debates going back in history that are that are pretty cool. But I think as of recent, I would have to agree with you. The VPs have been pretty pretty. Remember cool. Admiral Stockdale? 
I do. I do. Actually, I do remember that. Saturday Night Live had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. He was a great American hero, but that just kind of shows that sometimes, I mean, you really have to have some sort of finesse to to get into this this game. And I think Trump is uh, starting to to get some of that. Uh, You know, he always makes fun of the president for using a teleprompter, but now he's starting to see that using a teleprompter can, can be beneficial at some times. You know, uh, as I was, as you were discussing, um, you know, healthcare, you know, and kind of the state that we're in today, um, you know, I couldn't help but think about. Uh, I have a very close friend um, that works in, I guess, what you call like managed care. So it's it's people that are either older, like they're they're getting they're they're not quite you know old age, but they they have very special needs. These are a very very small group of people that have very very special needs. She's the director of one of these homes in Iowa and she is she has told me I would I really want to bring her on the show I've yeah. asked her to come on this show yeah. multiple times um, she's a little she's a little shy but I really but but she has been on a, a television station in Iowa speaking to this what she can speak to is the amount of, of bureaucracy that she's had to deal with in the last few years dealing with the changes in healthcare due to the due to Obamacare the ACA Um Basically, she she would be a great witness, so to speak, to the tightening of budgets that states are handing out for these types of special needs people. And so, in essence, what you're seeing, just like with individual group policies, with large group policies, you're seeing a a tightening of the belt as far as benefits, but you're seeing costs go up and things of this nature. And, um, you know, the, the place that she works, I can tell you, Sean, if, if we lost these types of places, a lot of people would be in really bad shape. You know, we're talking about people that are, you know, maybe they had an accident, uh, a head injury or something. And now, you know, these types of, I don't want to call it a home because it's a, te- it's not, it's not, you don't go there permanently. You just go for a few hours and you co- then you go home. Is it like adult daycare? Or it's like an adult daycare. And, um, I can tell you, first of all, this lady, this friend of mine, she's an angel. I can tell you that much. I mean, for what she does and the amount that she gets paid and what she and what she deals with on a day-to-day basis, I don't know very many people other than her that would be able to handle this job, first of all. Uh, second of all, um, the amount of experience that she's had to go through of the state basically taking more and more money away from her organization, um, you know, because they're not getting – the money just isn't there. And, uh, you know, a lot of these people that she helps every day would be in a really bad shape because that's their only way of, like, socializing with other people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would just be, you know, stuck at home every day. And so I think that, you know, you were talking about pre-existing conditions. And, I, you know, I've spoken many a times on this, sh- on this very show about my pre-existing condition and how, you know, I kind of looked at ACA as being a possible, a possible positive back in the day despite the fact that government was going to put themselves in between me and my doctor, I was trying to overlook that because I thought, well, hey, you know, I have a pre-existing condition. I can't get insurance. I can't get health care. Maybe this is a good thing. Um, we're seeing that to be not the case as of right now. And we're also seeing these other kind of periphery things like this like this lady I'm speaking about and, and these people that, you know, really, you know, otherwise would just be homebound and uh, their quality of life would just be, you know, in, in really bad shape compared to what they have now. And it's just, it's really heartbreaking to see all the thing, all the periphery things that are happening uh, at the cause of the ACA, um, the effects of the ACA, excuse me. And it's just, it's really sad and it just breaks my heart. And um, I hate that our government, you know, every time it seems like every time they get involved with something, whether it be foreign affairs or domestic affairs, it seems like it's worse than when they start out. You know, it just I wish they just I wish we could just shut down Congress and just let everybody run everything on their own, because it seems like we'd be better off that way. Because it's every time every time a bunch of you know politicians get together and say, hey, we're going to fix this. It just uh, it just never seems to be better on the other side. And no one ever seems to be happy. You know, the right after they get something done, the right and the left, they're both mad because, you know, they both had to compromise things they wanted. And then after you're done, nothing works. And it's just really it's just really frustrating. And when you see people like with head injuries or, you know, who are in, you know, these, you know, getting to their older age and and they're and the state is basically turning their back on them. It's just I don't know. It just breaks my heart, man. Every week. That, you know, you get another story, and 
it's just it's really it's really frustrating and i and i think a lot of america is really upset and this is one of the, this is one of the main reasons why america is so upset and why i don't think the media is up to pace with the pulse of america right now they can't figure out why a racist bigoted homophobic whatever you want to call them is is leading the republican party they can't figure it out for their life <laughs> but it's not those things. It's not think, those things. It's, they think he's it's the ACA and things like that. That's what's getting people so upset, and they don't see they don't see um, a solution, you know. And they're they're hoping for any guy that will come along and say that he's going to fix it. So that, that's my little that's my rant for the day. Well, no, it's it's always great to to hear from you, Matt, because um, you, know, you do have a very good points and it's just uh it's beyond just the aca it's just more the fact that uh, our nation doesn't have any money <laughs> at the moment whether people want to admit it or not and uh a lot of these programs are just awfully awfully expensive especially when you look at the budget and, and where it goes and it's just it, it's sad to see especially programs and organizations that are so um you know there's industries created out of being medicare and medicaid contractors yeah. for example like your your friend's yeah. industry right and then when there's not enough funding to, to sustain them, how are they supposed to? I mean, <laughs> I don't like it any way that I look at it. You know, <laughs> my wife and I sat down about a week and a half ago to look at our budget. I mean, we almost were, we almost were divorced by the end of our conversation because we're, there's no money. We have no money. I mean, we're, we're, ba- we're barely making it month to month. Yet I walk on my university campus and I'm told I have white privilege and things like that. And there's just no, there's no parallel. It's like, it's just it just blows my mind man what it, it, there we have no money to spare and yet the government treats us you know because we're in the low middle class or whatever they treat us like we're like we're the top 1%. It's like man I got nothing else. You keep squeezing me. I got nothing left. I mean <laughs> I got enough to feed my dogs at the end of the month. That's about it. That's about all I got. Yeah. And there's so many people that are that are in that situation and you know that's why we just like to have these shows uh to at least let people know that they're not alone out there, number one. And I think it is kind of a lonely journey, especially when you're trying to uh, do the right thing, pay your taxes, do uh, you know, be a contributing member of society, and, and it just seems like there's all these things uh, in your way. But don't worry, folks. Uh, I think it is going to get better here in the next uh, several years. I really do. Uh, I think uh, people are starting to wake up. People are starting to stop ignoring uh, what's happening and honestly the situation has probably gotten so bad that it's literally hitting people in front over the head with a shovel uh as you uh look at all of these changes and so that's why we uh do this program and we've got one more segment for you uh we wanted to uh, just get that off of our chest but i wanted to uh report uh on health reform 2.0 macra which is uh the medicare medicaid and Chil- children's health insurance reauthorization act blah that's uh that's a mouthful uh, half of doctors don't know what it is. That's kind of a big deal because it really affects how their practice uh, operates. And we're going to learn about it when we come back here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Do you like being the smartest person in the room? Go to healthreformexplained.com and learn about being a licensed Edie Bellis healthcare consultant. Know enough about Obamacare to be dangerous because you'll be personally trained by me, Sean McGuire. Click healthreformexplained.com. Are you a business owner seeing your bottom line squeezed by rising healthcare costs? I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consulting to provide health reform consulting so that your business does not get caught off with all the uncertainty in Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill when the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let me guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing government rules and regulations that will impact your organization regardless of size. I offer custom services including cost reduction strategies, training seminars for you and your employees, and strategic planning to help you prepare for the future. Regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, this issue is here to stay. Contact me today for a free consultation at www.healthreformexplained.com. That's www.healthreformexplained.com. At E.D. Ballas, we know healthcare.
Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Check out our Facebook page.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge for... Um, all of these segments and our wa- website, Health Reform Explained, has uh, the two columns from this week, which featured the breaking news that we talked about here on the program. We're going to just recap that here in a second. But wanted to uh, bring one more story to you here um, that I uh, wanted people to be aware of. And it's it's this uh, law that passed, well, about a year ago, and they finally have released their uh, their um their regulations it's called a proposed rule there's a whole process for how uh, there's a process for how a bill becomes a law go watch schoolhouse rock if you haven't seen it but then there's also a process for how uh, a law becomes a regulation and uh, regulations are really kind of what uh, would govern everything and uh, they've finally proposed a rule it becomes a rule a proposed rule and then it becomes a proposed then there's a comment period for 60 days and then they take those comments and uh, change it and then uh, allow uh, a proposed regulation and then that process repeats itself before a final regulation happens and they released the uh, comment period for the this proposed rule for this uh, law called macra and it had over 4,000 comments Matt Barrows so 4,000 people um, industry experts so these would be physician groups and other things uh, going all over it and what we found according to Deloitte which is a large uh, health uh, consultancy uh, this law which is uh, Medicare and Ch- access and chip reauthorization act of 2015 so it's over a year passed in 2015 uh, they surveyed 600 physicians um, and of uh, those willing to participate uh, in on of these alternative pair models there was not many people out there, and nearly 8 out of 10 said they preferred this fee-for-service or salary compensation compared to this uh, having to take a risk over value-based care. And uh, I guess they're pushing back now, too. So businesses are upset. Healthcare providers are upset. Physicians are upset. Americans are upset. Uh, when who's are people gonna, who's who, not? Who's not upset? I don't know. Who's Who's winning? Like who's you know the old Charlie Sheen? Who's winning in this in this whole in this whole thing? I mean, it seems like everywhere you turn, whether it's you know all the way up and down the line, you know everyone seems to be frustrated by this. And is it just is it growing pains? Is it just is it just do we need to get used to all these new regulations and then everything will just be fine again? Is this something that can even work? Well, that's what they expect. Andy Slavitt, who is the acting administrator of um, CMS, went to the Hill recently and. And uh, has said that they might have to delay this just because nobody is out there. And I, I don't know who wins. I guess the people that put it together are the winners because they can say that they look at what we've done to, to reform the system. Sylvia Burwell, nearly two years ago, in, in uh, I guess early 2015, announced that uh, this shift towards value-based care, 50% of all Medicare reimbursement moving to value-based care. Tell you what, as we talked about these mergers and acquisitions this week, Matt, you know why the number one reason why the the feds are decided to sue what really kind of got them over the edge to pull the trigger what was the that? fact that these insurance companies don't want to go towards this value-based reimbursement system because it requires them to change how they reimburse it requires them to make different deals with the hospitals and that that was literally what loretta lynch said is that they should at least give this value-based reimbursement a try and their nope. position is no way <laughs> i mean why should we and it's just it's a big, big battle. For those, for those that are like just catching on, what is it? You know, how would you describe a value-based program? Like, what is that? You know, how does how, how would you define that if you could simplify it? Like, what does that mean? Right now, under under the system, um, you go you go get some sort of healthcare service. Uh, 
that provider is reimbursed on a, a fee schedule based on a fee for service thing. So the, the for services that they provide, that would get a different fee for each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the future, they're looking to do more of a bundled payment or a value based thing. Whereas in we will pay we won't pay you that traditional fee, but we will give you a bonus if like the outcomes are of higher quality. Mm. And so it requires them to put a much large take a much bigger risk. Uh, financially, the healthcare providers, in order to hopefully get get more, but there's sure. so many other variables that sure. that happens. If somebody, if you give somebody a a procedure and they don't follow your recommendations and then get sick, well, then does that mean you get penalized? I mean, how do right. you how do you control the patient responsibility? Well, and that aspect? makes sense, right? Because we're all the same. Each one of us are made exactly the same. We all look alike. We all have the same biology. We all have the same biochemical makeup. So that seems like that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. That, it's like got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're all, there will never, from what I understand, there will never be a, a person on earth in the existence of humanity that ever looks like another person. There will never be the same look on any, on any one person. We're all, that's how different. You know, you hear the, you know, you hear the phrase, you know, we're all unique snowflakes, right? Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's, we are all different. We all require different. That's why, they, that's why they talk about in the few, we've talked about it on this show, the future of medication, the future of pharmaceutical drugs will be tailored to you and your body's chemistry individually. And yet it seems like this ACA is kind of taking us a step backwards in response to where we're going to be in medicine in the very near future. You can speak like a one size fits all. Yeah, exactly. Of, exactly. And that's that's just really hard to do because everybody's different like you said every state's different, every county's different, every town's different on down the line. <laughs> what works in one state does not maybe work. And in you're going to be state. putting the burden of the outcome on the provider. The now. provider. They're going to have to take more of a risk right. to, uh, to do it. And um, and that just means more cost, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz businesses don't swallow extra cost we all know when you raise minimum wage when you raise these things it gets filtered down to to the consumer right every time i guess it would be like um if you, if you were a business and and the government hired you to build a road like you would be on the hook if for some reason say there was a tree branch that's under the road and it causes it to crack well like that would i guess affect how you would be reimbursed for that i, I think that's the best analogy sure. that i could sure come up with but what we're finding, you know, according to the people, uh, eight out of ten said they prefer the old system uh, as as opposed to the new. Eighty percent expect macro to drive physicians to join larger organizations or networks. We've talked about before the the um, day of the, uh, the 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 small town doctor on their own. Unfortunately, is is just going away because there are so many other things that they have to to put up with. And uh, only nine percent believe macro will reduce costs. Well, that's great. <laughs> So they don't even five percent expect it to improve delivery. So wow. take that for what it's worth, folks. Uh, the, these are the folks that are that are going to be involved in, in taking care of all of us, and the government is really uh, trying to change things. Will they delay it? Will they let things play out? They've taken an active role because, as we reported this week, they are suing two large insurance companies in federal court over antitrust concerns. And over the fact that uh, those companies don't want to go in this new reimbursement direction. So, big time stuff. That's why the show is called America's Healthcare Challenge. Check out Health Reform Explained this week as I will um, give you more thoughts on, on this and whatever else comes out. Uh, some of the things are, are related to uh, artificial intelligence. going to be talking about some technology and healthcare. And you're not going to want to miss my quote in the World Herald. I kind of uh, clowned the uh, people saying that healthcare costs are going down. Check out the website for that press release as well. See you next time.